You're listening to the Woman Evolve podcast. If you are enjoying today's show just like I am, I want to encourage you to subscribe and leave us a rating on iTunes or Spotify. God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Chow. Are you ready, Chow? It's that time of the week again, and it is an honor to be joining my Facebook Live co-host for another episode of the Woman Evolve podcast. I know your girl was slipping last week, and I've got to explain that, and I will. But first, I have to let you know, if you're listening for the first time, that I am not being joined by myself. Throughout all over the world, there are Woman Evolve listeners tuning in from Puerto Rico, tuning in from Alabama, Brooklyn, Nigeria, London, Indiana is in the building. And this is our time of the week where we like to connect with one another to share about all of the news, latest events, to give our take on some advice that some of our sisters need, but most importantly, to be inspired and to connect. And I am excited because not only do I have my Facebook Live co-host, but I swindled (laughs) my husband you didn't swindle me, baby. The man himself, Teray Roberts, into joining the podcast. Hey, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, can we get a round of applause? <laughs> Babe, listen, from all over the world, Puerto Rico is in the building. Come on. More than one person from Puerto Rico. That's awesome. Love it. Indiana. You know, we like to call ourselves the Woman Evolved Delegation. Mm. So the Woman Evolved Delegation is international. I see Africa is in the building. Africa. I love it. First of all, Dave, as you know, Woman Evolved Podcast is one of my favorite times of the week. Mm -hmm. You know, I have all of these friends in my head who think that I'm also their friend in Mm -hmm. their head. Mm -hmm. And so this is our chance to really have some girl time. Mm -hmm. But every now and then we need a man's opinion and Mm -hmm. advice on some of the foolishness taking place. Mm -hmm. And perhaps to add a little bit of perspective on what we're thinking. So we're hoping that you will serve as our Man Evolve delegation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you hold that down? Without a doubt. Oh, yes? Mm -hmm. What have you been up to? Hanging out with you. Yes. No, really, a little bit of rest. Got some rest last week. Been on that book tour and I wanted to stop and chill for a second. So, Mm. and hang out with you. Let me see. So, generally, I give a little bit of a rundown. I feel like, you know what? Last week was busy. Last week, Dexter graduated. Dex graduated. Man, that was an awesome, awesome occasion for our family. Mm-hmm. We, um, He is the first graduate of the Jake's children. Mm. So that was a big occasion for us. And they let us host the party at our house. So I was running around not acting like my mother, <laughs> but possibly acting like my mother just mm. a bit to make sure that the party was a success. We experienced some loss, you know, at our yeah. Potter's House Denver family. Yeah. We lost the pastor last week. Last week was stressful. Yeah, it was a lot. It, it was. was. Sometimes it seems like you were just experiencing like the best of times and the worst of times, like all types of ups and downs mm-hmm. at the same time. And that can be a bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But you know what I have learned? That you have to stay focused in the midst of that. Yes, you do. Because I went to Orange Theory five times last week. Yes, you did. Now, I ate a lot of carbs as well. Mm. You can't win them all. You look good, though. Hey. And you, you seem real healthy. Your energy is, like, great. Yes? Yeah. Well, come on, somebody. Yeah. Well, bless him. Mm-hmm. Why do you think... Okay, so, like, women have a tendency to be really hard on themselves and their bodies. And I don't know if it has a lot to do with culture or just I our idea of what a man thinks our body should look like. Mm. What do you, what do you think? Like, do you? Re- I mean, you're married to me now, but yeah. like before, right? Would you like even care? Like, the, if a girl didn't have a six pack, was it stressful? Like, are you really looking at waist and muscles and tone? Like, what? Like, what is that about? Is it just something we've made up in our head, or does it exist? No, there there is an energy of confidence that will exude from any type of body type. The issue is a lot of women don't feel confident when their body is in a certain way, so they can't emit that confidence, which gets a man's attention. So I think that it is 
partially, you know, how they look, but more so how they feel about how they look. If you feel you look good, if you feel you look beautiful, I don't care if you, you're 275 pounds, you can emit beauty, strength, and confidence, and that's attractive to a man. I love it. You know what you're right, though, because I'll be on social media and I'll see like just beautiful plus size models and women. They're just like owning their body and doing it with such style and with such flair. And it like in my head, I think to myself, see, you can be any size and it won't matter. But there's something about when I look in the mirror, when I try on the clothes where I think that small is the answer to beautiful. Exactly. So it's it's in our head a lot of times. And I do think that, you know, if you feel beautiful when you are a certain size, if that's going to give you the most confidence, then you need to get in the gym and work that out. But don't let your storyteller be telling you that that beauty is only in a certain shape or a certain size, because that's just not true. Are men as self-conscious about their bodies as women are? Um, probably not, to be honest with you. I think men are self-conscious. You know, when, when my, my stomach starts pooching a little bit, you know, I feel a certain way. Um, but I, I think that there might be more pressure on on women than there than than on men. Hmm. Well, child, listen, we're trying to evolve and love ourselves fully and completely. So ain't nobody got time for body issues. <laughs> listen, while you're tuning in on Facebook, I'm just wondering how you guys are doing. Are you staying focused in the gym? Are you doing what you need to do to keep your body and your life and your confidence together? Jacqueline Parr says, I've got an herbal cleanse for that. Oof, that sounds intense. <laughs> I'd be scared of y'all's cleanses and, and, and flat tummy teas and things. It, it it worries me. It bothers me a bit. I don't know. I don't know how that goes over sometimes. Saints, what are you all thinking? Someone says you have a strong voice and need to carry such a life-changing. Oh, well, thank you. That's beautiful. They're talking about how I blush when I look at you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I do the same thing. I'm just a little darker, so it don't, it don't <laughs> you better blush, like child. I'm going. I'm, I'm logging on. All right, so listen, it's time for Rescue Eve. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Listen, Rescue Eve is kind of like my favorite. Well, I don't know. I like Rescue Eve and Hail Mary. Okay. So if you're listening for the first time, Rescue Eve is a part of the show where we just sit down and look at things that have been going on in the news and in the headlines. And we try to take a moment and really maybe just defend someone who's being dragged in culture. And by dragged, I mean, you know, maybe the majority of perspectives is that this person is wrong. And while there may be some truth in that, much like Eve did something that she should not have done, I think that we have a responsibility to try and show empathy and grace. And so I love Rescue Eve because a lot of times the saints don't be trying to rescue people with me. <laughs> no mercy. Just no. Mer just merciless. Yes. I'd be like, child, please, can we, child, please? Yeah. And sometimes it's difficult. Uh, we tried to rescue Tiffany Haddish because, you know, she was talking a lot and then beyond put that non-disclosure on her. Did you know oh, about this? Oh, we were talking about that. That's right. Before we went live, chat, listen, I'm going to get into the show. But before yeah. we live, I didn't have time to really investigate it fully, so I decided not to make her rescue Eve. Mm -hmm. But she said something about an actress biting Beyonce in the face. Like... <laughs> the, the, <laughs> what's her name? Yes, really? Yes, Tiffany Haddish said that she was out somewhere with Beyonce and an actress bit her in the face. Oh, but why is she putting... Put, why is she... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so Beyonce, what did she do? I don't know. I didn't have like time a, to, it, I, all I saw was the headline. She just told her to hush. That's all. Sometimes people just need to learn how to hush. Child, a hush would, listen, Come at on. Woman Evolve podcast, we do have a secondary ministry that is a part of Woman Evolve mm -hmm. and it is called Mind Your Business Ministries mm -hmm. and it is international. It is taking mm -hmm. off. Lives are being changed, restored. <laughs> Business is being changed, yes. restored and transformed under this ministry. We have a fitness department. What? Child. Oh, no. We the real deal. Come on. Holyfield. Mm, I'm a soul seed. <laughs> I would appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> okay, listen. So um, I decided since you were going to be on the show that we would definitely throw a rescue Adam in the mix. Mm. And you are from this area, so maybe you can help us to give context. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're also such a man of valor. Yes. And righteousness. Ooh, uh, come on, somebody. Ooh, Shondo. Hey. <laughs> um, Snoop Dogg is being dragged. Okay. Uh, we need to rescue Snoop Dogg. Can we rescue Snoop Dogg? Absolutely. 
Snoop Dogg is being dragged, for those of you who don't know or maybe aren't as in tune with some of the things that are happening on social media, he is being dragged because he recently put out a gospel album. And some people are questioning how could someone like Snoop Dogg put out a gospel album? And this is something that we see that happens a lot. Obviously, we pastor in L.A., so we see people who are in the industry but also have a relationship with God. But oftentimes when those things mix, they're criticized and ridiculed. And I think that that is what Snoop Dogg is experiencing. What is your take on this? I mean, first of all, to not acknowledge the fact that somebody wants to change their lives is to throw away the fundamentals of the gospel. Mm. The gospel literally is about saving people. It's about rescuing Eve. It's about it's about a person being one way and then turning around and becoming another way. And so I almost borrow, you know, one of the, the the adage that you and mom talk about when you say, you know, don't burn the school down once you graduate. Yeah. You know, I love what's going on in Snoop's life. You know, like you mentioned, I mean, he was in Long Beach and it was Compton, Watts, Long Beach were kind of the, the three cities of the hood, if you would, of Los Angeles. I was in Watts. Dre was from Compton. Snoop Dogg was from Long Beach. So his experiences you know, growing up, he beat a murder case, you know, beat death. And and now he's coming back to his roots mm. and we're going to like shame him for that. I applaud Snoop. I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm excited and can't wait to hear what else comes out. You like the album, right? I do. I do. I, I can put it in and play. You know, uh, there are a couple of songs in particular that I really like, Sunshine and Sunrise, they're back to back. But it's just, it's the experience of someone who's been through a lot and by the grace of God, they have survived, haven't always gotten it right, but in the midst of even being high or being out there wilding out girls drinking or whatever, you still had that that God thing down on the inside. And now that God thing is maturing, it's, it's, it's flourishing, and now he wants to dedicate his talent to that space. I think it's amazing. And maybe we could do an album together because, you know, Snoop and I, like, um, I'm a rapper as well. You a rapper too on the low. Hey, come on. Hey, don't sleep. Hey, never sleep nor slumber. The man has bars. Come on, somebody. So let's see. People are, they do, they want to rescue Snoop. They're saying, uh, Minister Charlene Mulling says, God can use everyone. Uh, Erica Edwards says, Uncle Snoop loves the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that we were calling him Uncle Snoop. I like that. (laughs) So we can rescue Uncle Snoop. I, I don't know, man. Why do you think maybe we need to rescue the church? Is there is there can we wow. add can we rescue I felt something I felt something on that. Oh. Yes. Oh wow. Come on. Maybe we can broaden the perspective of the church in such a way that they can see the benefit in someone like a Snoop Dogg using his influence and platform to say, not only did I rap about the cars and and jewelry and life on the streets, but I also want you to know that the core of who I am exists down in my relationship with God. Mm. You know what I'm looking at right now? Watch out. I want to look up and I want to see how many millions of followers Uncle Snoop has on social media. This is just Instagram. 22.2 million followers. You can put all of the pastors in the world together and we get one consolidated Hallelujah Jesus account and we won't have (laughs) 22.2 million followers. You know what that, that's influence. Snoop Dogg can reach people that we will never reach. This is a win for the kingdom and anybody who doesn't see it, needs deliverance in Jesus' name. Mm, come on, somebody. That's a word. I haven't heard the album, so I'm going to... Well, I think I heard one song, but I'm definitely going to have to check it out because mm-hmm. I want to... I love to see when people who are out of the ordinary or out of the norm of what it looks like to be in relationship with God stand up and take a stand. I think that there's something beautiful about that. So many times, like, we think that there's only one way to be a Christian. You can only look a certain way. You can only speak a certain way. You can only act a certain way. And I think part of what our relationship and ministry represents is that God literally can use any and everybody when their hearts are submitted and they're willing to make a stand and a statement. And I think that that's what he did. Totally, baby. Totally. It's funny because everybody, generally, we don't have a general consensus on rescuing, but it looks like he was rescued. 
Nikki Harris said she was just at the Stellar Awards and he performed there. So that was awesome, I'm sure. I hope they showed him a lot of love. Let's see what else. Yes, please rescue the church. <laughs> I think the church needs to be rescued. I, man, I think that at some point we all need to be rescued. For real. Okay. So there were a few other people like that were kind of worth rescuing. Oh, child. I was going to rescue. I didn't even know who to rescue. So like Ray J and Princess Love have a baby shower. Mm. And a gender reveal party. And something happened at the gender reveal party that TMZ reported about. I don't know. But Brandy tried to clean it up, I guess, by posting a picture, just saying that she supported them. And, you know, like, I love you. I'm sorry I couldn't be there for the baby shower, but I was there for the gender reveal party. And Princess Love commented, like, take this fake stuff down. It was like some drama, right? Mm. And so they were dragging Brandy for trying to be fake. But I do think that when somebody reports about your life, when you're in the public eye and something that's private becomes public, is it so bad that she tried to clean it up? Can we can we rescue Brandy? Is that possible? Yeah, I think that Brandy was trying to use her influence to shine a light on a situation that was tricky, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to to call somebody. I mean, first of all, you don't know what's in the person's heart. And at the end of that, it's her brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know they love each other. You know what I mean? So she might have been just trying to ride. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, man, sometimes though, when, see, and then that's the other point. Like, we don't know what happened behind the scenes because Princess Love was like, I ought to post the pictures uh, or the text messages that you just sent me. So it's just like so much drama. So like, where is the line? This is a question. If you're listening on Facebook, if you're here in the, if you're listening on iTunes and you want to leave us a comment on Woman Evolve on Instagram, I want to know, like, where is the line between like letting someone just tell the story the way they see it without you interrupting versus making like a statement that conflicts whatever their version of the story is. Because this happens a lot in family relationships, child, in friendships, where someone has one version of the story that is completely different from your perspective. And sometimes if you are petty, like some of us and the Woman Evolved delegation, you want to just straighten up the story. Like the way you remember it is wrong because you was wrong and you need to fix it up. Like at what point do we separate those things? Question. You asking me. <laughs> I'm asking Facebook Live. I'm asking you, what is your opinion? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that if it's not harming somebody, you know, let people live in their truth. Uh, you know, uh, again, it's back to that mind your business ministry. I, I can feel that song in my spirit right now. All of my business <laughs> <laughs> belongs to me. me. Oh, can we get some background? <laughs> Yeah, it's just uh, people need to leave one. People need to leave people alone. You know, perspective is reality. So, so just because you don't see it that way doesn't mean that it wasn't very much that way for another person. I think we have to be uh, sensitive and realize that we, as you said earlier, we, we there are different ways to do things. Many ways it's going to cat. What they talking about on Facebook? <laughs> Allison Tab says rescue Brandy. She was just being genuine, possibly trying to make things right. Yeah, I think that that's true. I think that sometimes this is what happens. Sometimes when you're trying to make things right, you go about it in a way that the other person can't receive. Mm. So maybe she was trying to make things right, but she used a public platform to Mm. make something Mm. right that happened privately. And generally, wherever you break it is where you should fix it. And sometimes when a person is trying to avoid the interaction that comes when you're having a direct moment, they decide to put it on Facebook instead. And that can make things tricky because the person does feel like you could have came straight to me with this. Why did you? You posted on true. Facebook. That's a really good point. Yes. We're talking about family. Exactly. So family, pick up the phone and call me. You ain't got to post nothing. We family. Yes. You know, or kind of like family. Yeah, that's what um, Shireen says. But did she call Ray J on the phone before bringing whatever to Instagram? The, and that's the thing. Like, social media makes you feel like things are more personal than they actually are. Mm-hmm. When really there's nothing that replaces that one-on-one conversation. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're losing the ability to communicate one on one. Oh, don't 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 even get me started. Yeah, don't even get me started on that. I I don't think that we're gonna even realize the. We know the positive effects of social media, but I don't think that we're really gonna recognize the psychological and social impacts, negative wise, from social media for another ten, fifteen years. 
Uh, it's changing the way we relate to each other. It's changing the way we communicate. It's changing our expectations. It's crazy. And you're right. We don't pick up the phone and call. We show love by, you know, I thank God for everybody who posted a flyer, a copy of my book or whatever. And that's great. That's all love. But call me and say congratulations. Hey, man, this book is blessing me. But we're we're living in this digital world now. And sometimes that digital world divides us from the type of connection that two people have when we connect one-on-one outside of the context of the digital space. I've got a rule, I think, for Woman Evolved Delegation. Here's my new rule. Sometimes it's easier for us to express ourselves with writing. And we often think that the best way to take that writing is to put it on Facebook or Instagram. And I don't think that we should lose the art of expressing ourselves in writing in a private, safe place. Mm -hmm. And then maybe when those emotions have passed, you can post it once you've got wisdom and perspective on whatever that situation is. Because I hate to see my girls out here just posting stuff that just like, come on, child. Mm -hmm. Okay. Too much information. Yes. <laughs> Martika is still talking about us rescuing the church. She says, can we do away with the cookie cutter mentality in the church? Throw the whole thing away. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's the beauty of so- social media should have thrown that thing away. Mm, wow. Because you see so many different like pastors and what they look like mm-hmm. from there's a, a female preacher who I enjoy. Her name is Marissa Farrow. And then you've got someone like me. You've got someone like Don Cherie. You've got all of these different expressions of the kingdom. And for some reason, like there are some people who aren't able to just accept that things change. Yeah. And, and, uh, and to embrace the differences. And I'm thinking about even like biblically, Paul was different from Peter. You know, Paul was called to the Gentiles, which means that he had this flexibility and this finesse. He was able to really uh, emulate culture and be and not smell like a Christian necessarily in culture in order to change it. Where you had Peter and Peter was not necessarily effective in culture. There's nothing to say that he was really with the Gentiles, if you would. Those are the culture people. He's with the Jews. So so there are going to be different graces, you know what I mean, on, on different ministries. We have a grace for for uh, the world. We have a grace for entertainment. We have a grace for millennials, you know, but you've got people who don't have those graces, but they're very effective in the kingdom uh, and in the church world. So we just have to celebrate each other and love each other and recognize that different doesn't mean that we've diverted, you know, from the truth. Okay, so let's we rescued Brandy and kind of Princess Love. Okay, we rescued Snoop Dogg, and I kind of left the rescue ease at that because everything else was like love and hip hop, ratchetness, mm-hmm. and you know some Twenty One Savage and Amber Rose broke up. Just some stuff that mm-hmm. I would just have to really, just really unpack things in a way that I would need a censor and a bleeping thing. And, and woman involvement about that. All right, y'all. So we're going to move on to Hail Mary. And I think we've got some really great ones. And I think obviously our first Hail Mary has to go to the teenagers who took to the streets throughout the country to voice their concerns about gun control Mm. or the lack thereof. First of all, to be empowered, maybe that is one of the beauties of social media is that it really does make someone feel like their voice matters. Mm -hmm. And when you feel like your voice matters, especially when it comes to things like this, then you feel empowered to do something to change. So I think Hail Mary has to go to the teenagers. Majorly, majorly. You did something with teenagers in Denver. Yeah, yeah, we turned uh, this past Sunday was Palm Sunday. It's a uh, a high religious day, and uh, and I decided that uh, I was going to turn the the floor over to our students. So I, I brought you know probably twenty students on stage, interviewed four of them, and really my goal in that was to get not only our congregation but the multiple campuses as well as all the online people, which is now numbers in the thousands, to really hear their voice. Um, you know, we've looked at the, you know, the victims, and we should look at the victims, the ones who lost their lives. And then we've even looked at the perpetrators, but people are forgetting about the majority of people. The majority of the victims are the ones that are still alive, but still have to go back into school systems afraid, uh, distracted from learning. And so so I really wanted their voices to be raised up. Uh, one of the big reasons why I did is that if the church doesn't get involved in conversations like this, the church is going to be deemed irrelevant. Mm. You know, you've got these young people and they're going out there and they're marching and the church, for the most part, and I'm generalizing, has been silent on this issue and many issues. And 
the respect for the church. The culture doesn't respect the church because culture doesn't think that the church is connected or relevant to issues that matter to the broader world. If they're not religious issues, quote unquote, then then the church is not engaged. So one of the things that I wanted to do is let the young people know, hey, listen, I'm going to give up my platform. You know, I'm going to give up in front of thousands of people and I'm going to I'm going to promote your cause and I'm going to talk to you. Uh, and I'm also pastor you, let you know that I'm glad you guys took the lead, but you need wisdom. You know, don't think that you can just go out there and, and do your thing and we support that. But what's going to make your movement successful is when adults and in particular the church get behind you and support your efforts. I love that. What do you think was one of the like most interesting things that the children who have survived or witnessed this happening in school said has happened, like has affected them? How has it affected them? You know, it, it has changed the whole, their whole mentality about school and it's changed the conversation about school. It was funny. One, one person said, you know, we should be talking about going to the mall you know, but they're asking, am I going to be the next victim or is that guy over here going to be the next shooter? So, you know, children, one of the advantages of, of being a child is that you have the ability to have an imagination, yeah. you know, to dream and to to believe and, and use your imagination to create a better world or what your world could be. But now they have to spend their imagination, you know, or at least a part of their imaginative faculties on staying alive. And that's crazy. I mean, it, it it the the effects of this we are even yet to see the psychological effects. And uh, you know, but we can do something about it. I think there are a lot of things we can do. Jacqueline McLean says, engage our youth, let them be a part of the services of our churches, hear their voice, and minister to and with them. Absolutely. Yeah. We did that too. I know you would preach in the house down in California. I did. I no, you preached the house mm-hmm. down, baby. But we actually had our youth. Leading worship, it was a and they oh, wow. oh they rocked it. Ooh, <laughs> I was in. They rocked it and really just uh, engaging them. You know, uh, I mean, I can get deep with it theologically, but but even the, the word says that you know in the last days that children and parents, you know, old and young, are going to come together and powerful things are going to happen when when the strong legs of the youth are are tied into the gray hair of the old. It's going to be amazing. Okay, well, it looks like we are definitely giving a Hail Mary to the children. Jeanette Bowling says, Hail Mary to the teenager for taking a stand. Toya Gordon says, future leaders, activists, and lawmakers. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's amazing. So many people were blessed by the services in Denver. I see some of our members chiming in about that. Daphne says the church is supposed to be a part of changing this world. And we cannot change a world that we are afraid of. There you go. You know? Righteous. I think that that's one of the problems is that a lot of us think that we're going to have the ability to change the world, but not engage with them. And we have to be so confident in who we are in God that we're not afraid to go out into the world. Sometimes we act like as Christians, if we go out into the world, that we're going to become like the world, not trusting that we are strong enough in our walk with God, that if we go into the world, we're going to change the world. The world isn't going to change us. Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of fear out there. Yeah. Like if we go out there and we're going to catch a cold, like the world, has, <laughs> the world has the flu, we go out there and we go, you know. Now, granted, you know, I think that that if you're an alcoholic, you don't need to be hanging out in the bar. I right. get that. But, but that's not the same as, you know, Jesus was friends of sinners, you know, shout out to Rich Wilkinson on his yeah, book he's got a called book Friend out. of Sinners. But, but Jesus was a friend of sinners and he engaged culture to transform it. You know, now if you're not ready Go sit your tail down somewhere and get built up. But I believe that if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your heart is right. You're ready. Okay, so we're definitely giving a Hail Mary to the kids. I'm giving a personal Hail Mary to Tamar Braxton. Hey. Who shaved her head. Yes, she did, child. Listen. And when she posted it, it was so beautiful. She was like, I'm tired of being tied to like wigs or weaves or braids or whatever, natural hair versus permed hair. And I just think, okay, so here's a moment of transparency. I got my like first ever haircut a couple months ago. Yeah, the, so good. Thank you, honey. Yeah. When I had on that like jumpsuit, I took pictures of it. And the reason why I said like I got my first haircut is because everything for me has been about like hair growth. Like I've had my hairs 
my hair trimmed before, but it's never been like, oh, I'm going to get a haircut. Because I think that there is this mindset, especially I think in Black girls, if I can be honest, where like, you know, we need our hair to grow. We need our hair to grow. We want it to be long. And so I I finally achieved a length, but then I decided like, I want to cut my hair. I want to try something different. I've been wearing all these short wigs and bobs. And I was like, I want to cut my hair into one of those styles. Now I work out so much that maintaining my hair isn't always easy, but to see her shave her head really just validated what I felt when I sh- when I cut my hair. And for me, it just felt like freedom. Like it just felt like I have the ability to do what I want to with my hair and not be tied to this idea of I needed to be long. I needed to be natural. I needed to be permed. Like I needed to be whatever I wanted to be. Absolutely. And, and you are fire with the natural hair. You're fire with the short hair, the pressed hair. You know, if you go weave or wig, all of it looks good on you. None of it makes you, nevertheless. Thank you, baby. It looks like my girls are chiming in, too. They're like, yes, freedom. That's what Rosa said. Someone else said, yes, that's right, transformation. Janelle Rogers says, it looks good on her. Latricia Evans says, yes, fierce and bald, Tamar. And she is serving with that bald (laughs) head. See, this, okay, it's a word. I have a word for y'all. Okay, because sometimes we go and do something and we be so afraid because we don't really like it yet and we don't know how people are going to receive it. But back to what my man said about confidence. Child, if you're going to cut your hair, if you're going to go without makeup, if you're going to get you a long weave, whatever you're going to do, don't make this transformation in your life and then ask for a approval from those around you. If you're going to make the transformation with your hair, with your body, with your skin, whatever, you have to do so in such a way that you're like, I like what it is. Mm -hmm. I know what my finish. If I shave my hair because ultimately I want it to grow out and be long and silky, that's your prerogative. But I'm going to love every stage of who I am. Stop asking for permission to love who you are. It's a word. It's a word indeed. Okay. Let me see. Someone says, yeah, sometimes you have to start fresh. It's her confidence that's really glowing. It really is. Like if you, I don't know if you all have seen Tamar with this haircut, you guys have to go on to social media, Google, it is your best friend, and just give her a major shout out for the freedom and confidence in when she is rocking her hair. And her face is gorgeous, okay? So let's say Kathy Holmes says, scream and speak it, queen. (laughs) Everyone is saying it's a word. I know I'm going to love every stage of who I am. She looks really, really good. I don't know. Sometimes I struggle. There's not a lot of like intimate conversation like this with like, you know, other races. I know that hair is a big thing in the black community, but I wonder if our lighter skinned brothers and sisters have the same issues. Like if their hair is not curly, if it's not blonde, does that create insecurities like hair does within us? Being a woman is hard, child. Mm. There's so much pressure. Mm. This guy actually asked me on Facebook Live, and since you're here, I'm going to let you answer it. Barry Williams says, what if you don't like a woman's hair slash makeup? Then that is your prerogative. Uh, Be kind and don't tell her, (laughs) you know, but that's not the woman for for you. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's your prerogative. It's your your prerogative to say that works for me and that doesn't work for me, but that has nothing to do with her. That's you. Is it? Is that like a, I guess for him it could be, but is that like a um, final straw in a relationship? Okay. So maybe that's where he, the angle he's coming from. Yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with, I think that God will wire you for what is for you. Mm. You want to tell your testimony? No, I ain't nothing to say. <laughs> but yeah, he'll, he'll, wire, yeah he'll, he'll wire you for what's for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's the word. So if you don't like your woman's hair or makeup, maybe that's not the one for you because you will be wired to love every part of who she is. Yeah, but God might sneak up on you one day. What and, you mean, and, Chad? And, and he fall in love with who she is and and who she is from the inside out radically changes his pre uh his mm. prejudices, mm-hmm. his predispositions. Paulo Campo answered my question about other races. She says, I'm Spanish and I definitely have insecurities about my hair, comparing it to the rest of my family who has an incredible luscious hair. See, I think sometimes, you know, we'll even look at, you know, Latin women or Spanish women think to ourselves, man, if we had their hair, it's wavy, it's curly, and we never think that maybe they have insecurities as well. So, I, I mean, 
I'm not glad that you have those insecurities, but I think it does normalize for some of us that like you don't need to wish that you were anything other than who you are, because if you end up in those shoes, you may end up with the same insecurity. Our main focus and priority as we're on this journey of evolving is to embrace who we are and not wish that we were in someone else's skin. That's so good. And everybody has something. the, The notion of looking at somebody else with envy and you have no idea what your infant everybody has something that they wish they could change possibly and so you you so it's like to to be envious and to be jealous of that person on the other side is ridiculous because they got something too yeah you might mess around and get the beautiful hair and then have a broken heart or you might not you hear what i'm saying Mm -hmm. it's a word here now listen Um, Kay Nanette said, especially those of us women who may have alopecia. That's so true. Mm. Uh, Astrid Jha says, I'm Puerto Rican and same here. Hair is important. And now I've lost a lot when I had a baby 10 months ago. There are just so many things with like hormones and everything that can affect how you feel about your skin, your hair. And so we do, we're on a mission. We got to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. Trinia Logan says, I'm white and I'm the only one in my family with very thick curly hair. I'm finally just embracing it at 39. I don't want to straighten it or dye it or get rid of the gray. That's what's up. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for you. And that thick curly hair, is, I'm sure it is very, very beautiful. Girl, I buy it in the bundle. So. <laughs> So that is awesome. Let's see, child. Someone said, child, I missed you. Okay, that's beautiful. Child, I miss you too, child. (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) Rose Godlock just shaved her hair too. Good for you, boo. I hope you're rocking it and enjoying it and and doing it with confidence. So yes, Tamar was my Hail Mary. And I have one more Hail Mary. I'm not sure if you all have seen her. If you get an opportunity, you need to go on Google because Ernestine Shepherds is out here serving all <laughs> kinds of goals. Ernestine Shepherds is 80 years old. Mm. And she has the six pack of a lifetime. My God. Baby, you remember that picture I showed you I of her? Do. Blew me away. 80? Yeah, she's 80. She's a personal trainer, a professional model, a competitive bodybuilder, and happier and more fulfilled than she's ever been in her life. Mm. The oldest female bodybuilder, she is operating in her black don't crack, brown don't age, and <laughs> beige don't age, beige don't age, brown, brown don't frown. Yes. Yeah, she is functioning in all of those things. <laughs> it's funny because her husband, at 52 years, Colin, he prepares her meals and makes sure the fridge is always stocked with her seven convenient, small, balanced daily meals. She is taking this thing called life wow. very seriously. Wow. It says she began slowly under the guidance of an expert personal training and gradually conditioned her body. I I love it. Mm. I think the health, man, it's Mm. hard. It's a struggle, okay? But it is wealth. Mm -hmm. 80 looking like that? You know her bones are strong and everything? Heart is all strong. Muscles, Mm -hmm. okay? She has the, she got a real six pack, not yeah. like the not like the no. starter pack, you know. And it ain't nothing <laughs> yeah. with a starter pack, okay. Yeah, you got to yeah. get it how you. I live. got a starter pack. I got a starter pack too, child. <laughs> <laughs> but she is beautiful. If you guys get a chance, you have to check her out. She is my hail mary, certainly a goal. I think my goal isn't even necessarily to have a six pack at eighty, but my goal is to just be healthy and fit yeah. and taking care of my body. That's yeah. the only reason why I be going to Orange Theory yeah. is because. Mm. You trying to kill it? You 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 have a just a pinch, <laughs> just a pinch of kill in it, which is fine, which is fine. There is a pinch of kill in it, a but splash. I feel like I'm all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm either not working out at all. Yeah. Like so, if I don't go to Orange Theory, I'm basically not working out. If you don't go to Orange Theory, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, we can go to the gym, we can do something mm-hmm. in the room. And I think that part of the reason why I be on myself so heavy about mm-hmm. going is because I feel like if I don't do this, I'm not going to do anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah, well, you got to find what works for you, you know, because I, I cannot do that and then run down to the gym or yeah. I'll be in the room and do my burpees. And I yes, like be ten o'clock at night. Like, babe, you want to do some burpees? Like, no. I don't want to do it. And so I try and go as much as I can because I know that there is going to be a moment when I am not going to go at all. You look good. Did I say that already? No. Oh, you look really, really, really good. Thank you, baby. Yeah. I I thank you. Yeah. I thank you. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) You know what's funny is that, like, 
I don't know, man. I've had to really work on like receiving compliments from you. Mm. You know? Really? Yes. <laughs> Why? I don't know. When we first started dating and get like, there's a part of me that would just kind of be like, oh, he's looking at me, like shunning the compliments or like trying to balance them with how I felt. But you know what? I have been like really convicted, like probably in the last year and a half Mm. to like really just allow myself to receive the love I prayed for. It's a word. I didn't even mean to drop it on you like that, but Mm -hmm. it is another word Mm -hmm. because listen, I'm going to say it. I'm going to move on. We have advice. We have words. It's going to be awesome. But sometimes as women, we pray for love that we don't have the courage to receive Mm -hmm. because we're not always willing to be seen and to allow that perspective to to really challenge us to see the beauty in our own journey. Mm. So if I'm makeup free and you're looking at me and you're like, you're so beautiful, but I really feel the most beautiful when I have makeup on, mm-hmm. there's a part of me that wants to reject that compliment. Mm. But there's a, the most whole part of me, the part of me that prayed for that real authentic love has to tell that insecurity that exists within me, you got to receive this love. Allow yourself to be seen the way that he sees you. I love it. You're so bold. That kind of reminds me. I know we got stuff to do, but it kind of reminds me of really early on in our courtship where one day you just took all your makeup off and just said, it is, you know, no warning, no nothing. (laughs) And I loved you even more for trusting, trusting in us. And you would probably test me a little bit too, but I love the fact that you embrace the you without makeup and were willing to present that to me. That that took me deeper in love with you because it said that you were really willing to show me everything. And that that just, that blessed me. For sure. And I think that like in the past, I had been in relationships where I didn't show everything that I thought I would just kind of like piece myself out. And how do you handle this? And then if you can handle that, then I'll add more. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to do that in our relationship. We fell in love quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, you said that you were for me. You said that you were with me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to really say, well, like here, here it is. Yeah. This is who I am. Like, I don't go to sleep with makeup on. If we're going to be on FaceTime, I'm not going to run and try and get all dolled mm-hmm. up. Like, this is what you're signing up for. And it gave me a freedom and a trust as it really made me trust our relationship even more. Because when you said, I love you, I knew that you were loving the me that I really am and not the person I pretended to be to catch you, you know? It made me trust you more too. Really? Because it said that you you weren't trying to hide nothing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was you giving me who you really were. and, And that blessed me. So the trust was, it worked both ways. Yes, I even let my natural hair get wet. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I started rubbing it, feeling that stuff, child. Woo! <laughs> what in, in what happened? Shh. Oh, they're enjoying this moment between us. I'm about to cry. Y'all are so cute. I don't, that's, I don't know. That's funny. I don't know. Yeah, sorry every day, man. Sorry every day. I really thought... Okay, we're going to move. Somebody said they want a separate podcast just for relationships. Somebody single time, I don't want to hear this, but that's fine. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> yeah, you hate or you. <laughs> but I just never, I just never thought that you could have butterflies for this long. Yeah. Remember we thought we, we wasn't going to have for that yes, long? Yes, after Ella came and I was not sleeping at all. <laughs> that was a crazy Oh, moment. my goodness. We can't do that to the single people. We got it, but you got to tell them. Remember that? It, it was, we were, we were, what, about two years in? Yeah, I mean, we'd had the baby. It was like just six, because I can just remember being so tired after having the baby. And I'm sitting up tired and and breastfeeding and taking care of the baby. And you're like, oh, me and Devon are going to lunch. I'm like, oh. (laughs) 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 You have time to go to lunch. I remember that. And I was stressed and I was tired and I just wasn't myself for days after days after days. And I finally sat down and you didn't really understand what was no. going on because I wasn't communicating. I was blind, yeah. And I finally sat down and I'm like, I'm frustrated. I'm this and I'm that. I'm like, maybe the butterflies are just gone. Like maybe the honeymoon phase is over. And, and what'd you do to me? And I stopped <laughs> and I drew near and I said, I don't give you butterflies no more, baby. <laughs> Petty. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. 
And that was it. You got me. I, I think what I, when you asked me that, I was like, I mean, I haven't been having butterflies, but when you said that in that moment, I got a few. I <laughs> like found a felt- few. I, I felt a few flutters of the butterflies. I don't know. I think that when you have the real thing yeah. as your foundation, no matter how hectic life is, if you dare to take a moment to lock into one another, then you can find the thing that brought you together in the first place. Absolutely. And that's been our story through stressful seasons, through moving, through book releases and everything. Sometimes our life can be a whirlwind, but in the middle of that whirlwind, when we lock eyes, yeah. there's stability in the midst of a whirlwind. Absolutely. So I appreciate that. Okay. All right, I'm moving on. <laughs> We're getting lots of people with red honeymoon eyes. <laughs> and <laughs> someone wants a marriage podcast. We could turn this into a marriage podcast. Mm-hmm. You got send us your marriage questions. I'm about to go to our advice question or your relationship questions or your single question. We've been through yeah. every phase every and stage, phase. child. Send Holla. them to us. So while you guys are getting your questions together, I will start with the first advice question that slid into my DMs. So, and this is actually a single question, a question about being single. So this person writes, hey, love, it took me years. It took years for me to finally be alone. Now I finally, now I'm finally at the point where I no longer want to settle for anyone or just feel a void anymore. Now that I'm alone for the first time and not jumping from relationship from relationship, now I don't know what to do next with life. Mm. You want to chime in on that and I'll chime in too? Yeah, I think it's time to enjoy you. You know, um, a lot of times when you are in these relationships that are really um, less than God's best for you, you're distracting yourself from the beauty and the wonder of yourself. And so with this free time, you got to look at it. Being single is free time. In life, people are dying to have free time. As a single person, you have it. And, uh, and I think it's, it's, it's a great time to explore you, uh, explore and, uh, and maximize your interests. Um, get to know you. You know, if you have the opportunity to travel, maybe travel. Um, read some new books, take a new class, do something, but really, really begin this new rhythm of of falling in love with yourself. And I suspect that as you do that, some of the right things are going to begin to show up in your life. I totally agree. I always tell people to distract yourself with yourself, you know, because while we're in relationships, we still have goals about who we want to become and the things that we want to pursue. And it can be difficult to balance that and have a relationship. But when you have the opportunity to be single, then I think that there is an opportunity to learn another language, to get into fitness, to take a dance class, to really decide to become all that you can be. So I don't think that with this free time that you have to have anything figured out right now, that sometimes there is peace that just comes with living in the stillness and freedom of just doing what you feel in that moment or not doing it at all. So I love that. Tamara says that you should take yourself on a date and love and enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Wanda Smith says, that's so true. You don't have to wait on a relationship to enjoy life. And that I just want that to get down in everybody's spirit. You can still travel. You can have great dinners. I mean, you can go to the movies. Even when I was uh, single with the kids, you know, I wanted to buy a house. And there was a part of me that felt like maybe I shouldn't buy a house until I'm married again or I'm in a relationship. And then I thought, child, that may not never happen. And these kids need a roof over them heads and you, over their head. And you need an investment. You need to start planning on how you want to live your life. I bought my house. I wasn't even in my house a full year. <laughs> I don't even think it was a full year before Pastor Trey Roberts came and swooped a thug up. Well, well. <laughs> uh, Meg, who goes to the Padres House Denver, says that she's actually trying to buy a house right now. So we're going to be praying with yeah, you. you're getting that house. Absolutely. Uh, Crystal Green says that old girl needs to go read wholeness. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Candy Ashton says, I think it's important to be in your own company, being alone and learning about yourself as a part of becoming a whole person. We even take time to do that as married people to just take a minute. If it's in the car, if it's in the shower, or if it's just a few, you know, a couple of days where we just figure out who are you married to now? Because a part of marriage is learning and growing with one another. And I cannot allow you to be connected with someone who I don't know myself. Mm -hmm. So every now and then I need to take a minute and 
and figure out who I am. So true. So, yes, that's awesome. Okay, so we answered her question. We got another question that came through on Facebook Live. Someone who wants to know, how do you know when a soul tie is broken? Hmm. You want me to take that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you, you know a soul tie is broken when you no longer have these overwhelming, uh, this overwhelming, uncontrollable, uncontainable draw to that person. Mm. Uh, when you have the soul tie, it's rough, man. You're like struggling. Like you can't help but to pick up the phone and call or stalk them on social media or answer their call. You looking at the phone, waiting to see if this is them every time the phone rings. That's there. But when it's broken, there's a liberty. It doesn't mean that you uh, don't still think about the person occasionally, but it's the edge, right? That When the soul tie is broken, the edge is off. And now, even though you might be fond or you know, that thought might come up. You have the power to see more of the truth that's and the possibilities that are on the horizon as opposed to being stuck to reduce yourself back to that situation. That is, I don't think I can add anything to that because that is the living word, okay? August Williams has a question. She said, what's your advice on blended family? It's really taking a toll on my marriage. And that's a question that we get a lot, and you and I haven't fully shared our blended family story, but I do think that one of the things that has been instrumental for us is that we created a plan together, and we stuck to that plan with the children. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I think we have more of a rhythm now, but when we first got married, before we made a parenting decision, I didn't learn about your parenting decision at the same time the kids were learning about it. Mm -hmm. If there was something that was happening with the children, we brought it to one another, we expressed how we felt about it to one another, and then we decided the plan of action moving forward. Mm -hmm. And then when we got in front of the kids, we didn't allow the fact that it was our biological or not our biological mm -hmm. child to sway the plan. Yeah. And I think that when you're blending a family, you have to have a plan. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Totally agree. And and you have to be one to, to, to further what you're saying. You've got to be one. The fact that the blended family is having taken a toll on your marriage means that there are some adjustments in the philosophy of your marriage mm -hmm. as it pertains to the kids that you need to work out. Um, you have to take a step back. We've got to be on the same page um, about parenting. Blending a family is a challenge. It's it's not, you know, we were blessed, you know, but but even in being blessed, it was a challenge. But you can do it together. And I think that oftentimes the kids will pit one parent against the other and and you can't leave room for that. I don't know what the scenario is sometimes with a party. If there are, if there's one or two divorces involved, sometimes there's a guilt, you know, and so the husband perhaps, for example, might be guilty that the kids had to go through a divorce. So he might be trying to, to compensate in some way through what may look like favoritism or protecting them because they haven't uh, fully um, come uh, turn the corner as a corner as it relates to their stepmom. But at the end of the day, you know, if God brought the two of you together, then you guys have to be a united front and demand unity or at least respect yeah. with everything that's from you guys down in the context of your family. I think one of the things that really helped us is like you set the tone with even like our, you know, our children's biological parents who are in the picture as well. Like I think that the partner sets the tone for your entrance. Mm -hmm. And so when I came into the picture, I wasn't trying to like find out where I fit. Mm -hmm. You let everyone know this is who she is. This is where she fits. Mm -hmm. This is how we respect her. This is how we engage with her. And so I didn't feel like I was fending for myself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think that uh, women in particular, because that's who I generally connect with, I can't speak on a man's perspective, but end up feeling like I'm the one who has to tell someone to respect me. I'm the one who has to mm -hmm. make all of these rules and these guidelines. And it makes her resentful towards her husband because she feels like, I wish that we were on the same team. Absolutely. So you're right. It's a, a God-designed blended family is not designed to tear you apart. Mm. You know, now you may have to make concessions and you may have to make adjustments, but uh, but together you can bring to order that family. I'm not saying I'm not up. I'm not 
uh, questioning the fact that there will be challenges, but what I am questioning about questioning is that those challenges are affecting now your marriage. That means that something's wrong. Yeah. So it looks like that's really helping people. Thank you for that word. I really needed that for blended family. Candy Ashton said, I will add to this present day, it's an ongoing adjustment between some siblings as well. It's your, The plan is always evolving and yeah. changing. That's why communication is really, really important. I think we had made a decision pretty early on that we were raising these children to create their own families, not raising these children to stay in our household. So when they get married and they're often on their own, you and I are still going to have to live together. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we nest and all that stuff. Yes, and yeah. we want to like who we're living with. Okay, we'll be praying for that 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 uh, situation though. Yeah, absolutely. Someone wants to know how do you go about dating. Um, how do you deal with dating when you already have a child whom is very attached? <laughs> Bring them along on the day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, we allowed our children to go on dates separately from our one-on-one -on -one dates so that they had an opportunity to interact and engage with us. <clears throat> Another thing that I tried to do as a mom who had children who were very attached is I tried to not make my children like my boyfriend or my spouse, which means that like I tried to make sure that I left space for if there was ever time that God brought someone into my life, that he could bring someone into my life without it tearing apart our rhythm. That's good. And I think that, you know, oftentimes as single mothers, one of our go-tos is to just kind of be like, you know what, my kids are going to be my entire life. The only problem with that is as your life evolves or their life evolves and they move out of the house, then you end up losing yourself or you meet someone and they don't really feel like they can be receptive to that person because they have been your entire life. So I think it is important that when you begin to detach some from that child, that it's not exclusively because of you being in relationship. You know, take a workout class, say, I've got, I'm going to dinner with my friends. I just need some alone time so that they don't connect the detachment to the relationship, but rather the fact that you are your own person, you know, with a life and things that you wish to accomplish. And I think that that can be very helpful in making sure that they don't become resentful to the spouse. That's phenomenal advice. So you're basically saying, leave some room, leave some room before the, the, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the partner comes, leave some room before they get there so that when they get there, the children don't feel slighted. Absolutely. That's brilliant. Baby. Leave some room for when their spouse comes and you won't no. feel slighted when they Come move on, on and move out of the house. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have to realize that the parent-child relationship isn't going to exist the way that it exists now forever. Mm. I'm very close to my parents, but I have my own children and I have my own husband. And if I would have been their world exclusively, then as I moved on and, grow, and grew, they would have been um, slighted or maybe felt That's abandoned. So, so yeah. I love that. I got a revelation when you said that Watch too. Out. I was thinking about in the Bible where it says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother that he might. So the dynamics, so in life, the dynamics of relationships change based on the introduction of new things. Yeah. For this cause that, that a man shall leave his father and mother, that's a parental and child relationship right mm -hmm. there. And for this cause that is shifted. So, yeah. so when you said that, I was like, it made that passage come to life. Powerful. Did, would you like to preach it? I might one day. I'm gonna you have might. to pass the collection plate. <laughs> Jasmine said, "Thank you." She that seemed like to really help her. So I'm glad. I hope that you constantly remember that. Yeah, Tiana said, "Leave some room." That's right. Um, okay, Tina Frazier has a question, and then we'll move on to the word, and and we'll bring the podcast to an end. But Tina Frazier says, "Advice for a person who dated within a church and it didn't work out." <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> because that's tricky. That's no, I get it. Because obviously the underlying idea there is that now my worship might be a little tricky because I'm in there. I'm talking you about, oh, there. how I love you. And you're talking <laughs> about Jesus, but you're looking at that. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a, you know, I think, uh, you know, if you're strong enough to still maintain um, your focus on the Lord in that environment, uh, then so be it. Uh, if you can switch services or switch, you know, switch how you engage, so be it. If you can't, you may have to take a step back for a minute until your heart heals. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the only thing that we could possibly do with that. But I do think, you know, especially if things don't end very well, that it can be difficult to worship with one another still in the same room. So, yeah, like taking a minute. Mm -hmm. I agree with the man. Um, Does Pastor Teray have a podcast? Our men need to hear his wisdom. Mm -hmm. Prophesy. Yes. Prophesy. I'll be your engineer. You and you're really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> that Manny Ball thing, I'm kind of Manny Ball. Talk to us. Tell us about this Manny Ball thing. I, I just, it's not. I don't think I'm in, at a place. God bless you, baby. I don't think I'm in a place to really announce. I like to have all the back end stuff worked mm-hmm. out. But I do believe that um, with Woman Evolve and not just your significant role in that movement, but the evolution of woman altogether, it does, in my opinion leave room for at least the question, what is the evolution of women communicate to men and how can men support that? And I think I've got some good ideas about how they can. Okay. Well, we look forward to hearing more about those ideas. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we better. Is it, it, is it no, time? Child. Is it time? Okay. So we were talking about this last week and this is time for us. This is, it's a snack. It's not a full word. You know, when we have a full word, oftentimes we take a text, we have an outline. And on the podcast, we just like to have a little snack chat. Just a crumb from you. <laughs> you are, fill me you're to the crazy. <laughs> What is wrong with you? Can you please hold I'm it together? Saying. We're almost finished. <laughs> okay, so listen. Okay, so we're going to have a little bit of a snack, all right? And um, I think that this snack is really about rest. Mm. And as I was just praying and sizing up last week and this week, I felt I was tempted to feel worry and stress and anxiety. But in the midst of all of those emotions, I really felt like God was saying, you're going to have to learn to rest in the middle of everything that's going on. And so and I'd love to for you to just kind of pour into us as well about the concept of having inner rest when there's outer turmoil and the role that we have to remember that nothing is going to happen that is outside of God's control. Nothing is going to happen that will not ultimately work for our good. And so to keep that in the forefront of our mind when we are tempted to have anxiety or fears. And so what are your thoughts on rest in moments of intense, intense circumstances? I think rest is everything. Um, You know, even in the Bible, when the storm was gone, Jesus was, as there were two realities, one reality that, you know, there's a story, disciples in the boat, Jesus in the boat with them. Disciples are experiencing the turbulence of the storm, which is outside, and they're panicking and they're literally, they're, they go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, literally, we're dying. Save us, we perish. Well, take that contrast to Jesus. Jesus is in the same storm, he's in the same situation, but he is literally asleep. He's at a place of rest. And then he wakes up and from from his inner rest, he speaks to the storm and it, boom, mm. and it calms. Meaning that if we can find the place of rest and peace within, and I believe we can, you know, in Christ, I, I truly believe we can live in that that consciousness, that mentality. Then our inner rest will be able to breathe on our outer circumstances and bring those things, maybe not to an immediate standstill, but certainly will make you more habitable and more peaceful in the midst of the storm. We can't keep storms from coming, but we can keep those storms from coming within us. We can't keep the storms from hitting the boat, but we can keep it from getting in the boat of our lives. So basically, rest your soul, child. Rest your soul. That is our snack for today. I was challenged. Okay, so on Tuesday, uh, that's part of the reason why why I wasn't able to post the podcast last week was because we had a power outage in our neighborhood. And I only had a certain amount of time to report to record the podcast before I needed to go to the spa because I was supposed to have a spa day. And so the power went out and I'd completely forgotten that it was supposed to go out. And so I'm like, I can't record the podcast. I don't want to leave the kids at home without, you know, power and food or whatever because they need to keep the refrigerator closed because ain't nobody finna buy no more groceries. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, baby, I'm going to cancel the spa appointment and, you know, I'm not going to be able to record the podcast. So I had like all of this anxiety and emotions and just I felt like the weight of what I needed to do in the moment. And you told me, you know what, baby, like you need to still go to the spa. I'm going to call someone to help you with the kids. They'll take them out for breakfast and to do something when they come back. 
the power will be on. And you and you were out of town. And so I was thinking to myself, you know, I'd already canceled the spa appointment. You told me to call and see if I could get it back. And I thought to myself, he out of town. Like, I'm going to go on and keep this plan as I am. I will take the kids out. It'll be great bonding time. I won't go to the spa, but it'll be fine. And I just felt like, you know what? Like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, it's going to be just fine. If someone else takes the kids out and you just get these few hours of rest and relaxation, like, it's okay to rest. Like, I know you love the podcast. I know you're used to posting every week, but they love you too. They're going to be understandable about what took place. Tell them what happened and move on and rest. Don't feel like you're failing. Don't feel like you're letting anyone down and just live in this place of rest. And what I think rest gives you above anything is it gives you the ability to make the the best decision. Mm-hmm. When you're worked up and you're anxious, sometimes you just start doing things because you feel like something needs to be done, but the things that you're doing aren't always what needs to be done. And so when you live in a place of rest and you challenge yourself to bring your heart into alignment with God's truth, with God's word, and just to really be like, I'm going to be okay. You know, like, I don't know how I'm going to be okay, but that, that I don't need to know how I'm going to be okay to know that I'm going to be okay. And so from that place, we're able to make better decisions. So this is an important word that I hope everyone really gets in their spirit. Like, you know, Meg is going out for a house, you know, and that can be a very stressful process and paperwork and mortgages and approvals. But you know what? Rest through the process. You're going after your degree. You have tests. You have exams. You don't know if you're going to make it. Maybe you're waiting on financial aid. Maybe you've got a big project due at work. And so you've got all of this anxiety. Rest because you bring your best to the table when you rest. You bring better ideas, better creativity. You bring peace to this equation when you rest. And from that place, you're not so dependent on the outcome to be one particular way. Instead, you're open to anything happening because you know ultimately whatever happens is going to be something that serves me and not hurts me. So that's my snack. Rest. Chanel says, amen to these tests and assignments. Yeah, I know it's that time of the year and it can be a time of real anxiety. So I hope that you rest in that. Capri says, clarity. Rest gives you clarity. And it says, yes, we understand BFF. Everyone needs a moment. You work hard and need your rest. Thank you, child. I was so stressed. I'm like, consistency is everything with the podcast. (laughs) They're counting on me. I don't have time for the power to be out. But I couldn't change it. What was I finna do? Just just climb up on the grid and make them connected? (laughs) You know, so I had to live in that place. Let's see. Um... I just want to make sure that I'm able to include all of my Facebook audience before we close this with a prayer. Rest and relaxation is essential to productivity. You are so right. So listen, if you enjoyed today's podcast and you're listening on Facebook Live, we want you to go on iTunes to share it on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast and let people know that we are evolving and we do not want them to miss out on the transformation. Before we close, we have to have a word of prayer because this is just midweek inspiration. And sometimes we need a little extra push and a little more grace to get through the week. So I'm going to ask my man Mm. if he'll pray for us. Yep. God, we thank you that we have you and you are the Prince of Peace. And we just pray for, Lord, all of our friends who have logged on or who are listening now. And we ask you to do something special in their life this week, that they might find the peace that passes all understanding, God. And um, Lord, uh, may we just be better. May we progress. May we be less critical and more helpful. And so we just love you. I pray you give them wisdom, clarity, breakthrough. Lord, some of the advice that was given here, the wisdom that has been shared, may it take root in the lives of your sons and daughters and ultimately bear fruit in their outer lives. We thank you. We love you. Bless our friends in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. See you next week. The Woman Evolve Party goes live in Denver, Colorado, July 13th through 14th. You do not want to miss this opportunity to connect, grow, be inspired, but most importantly, evolve. Visit womanevolve.com and learn more about how you can join us live.